You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello. You're listening to BFN. This is the podcast about infertility, IVF, and the trials of trying for a baby. I'm Gabby. And I'm Emma. And we're both card carrying members of the Infertility Club. getting into the swing of things a little bit yeah, yeah. swinging from branch to branch like <laughs> <laughs> the happy little monkeys we are yeah exactly um it's like i know we said it a lot last week but it's so great to be back it is so great to be back oh, and we had such such an exciting week oh it was such an exciting week we were in the bookseller yeah we're fucking famous man we are famous <laughs> also, i was quite surprised that the bookseller does not have a paywall because as a um, trade magazine person, all the trade magazines that I know have like mega paywalls. Mm-hmm. So that was quite nice to read an article about myself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they wrote about our book coming out. How did we tell you that we've uh, written a book? Yeah, we might have mentioned it once or twice. Yeah. Um, but we should probably tell them again. Yeah. So um, I was having dinner with my sister and her boyfriend the other day, fiance. <laughs> I was like, did I tell you that I've written a book? And he just went, co-written. <laughs> nice <laughs> take it down you've written half a book actually darling yeah i mean i had said it about 50 times too. Yeah, so fair enough. Oh, um yeah tuesday was very exciting i couldn't do any work i was just on social media it was just popping off i was like oh my god it's so exciting yeah so i at work i'm like um i'm not really on one team i'm like on lots of different teams mm. And most people just like didn't say anything. And then one one of the editors of one of the titles I work with during one of the team meetings was just like, and congratulations to Emma. And I was like, oh, stop, you guys, stop. <laughs> but seriously, why hasn't everyone else been saying it to you? <laughs> yeah, but seriously, carry on. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Gabby made some comment about telling everyone at his work on Zoom about me um, having written a book. And I was like, half a book, sorry. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> I thought he was serious and he was like no I haven't mentioned on my zoom calls that you've written a like it's a new job as well like so they don't really know him very well like imagine he's like and by the way my wife's so brilliant um but yeah anyway yeah we need to um the egos will will calm down again yeah. soon I'm sure so uh yeah hopefully quite soon for next week guys yeah be humble again um yeah, but we did get a few questions about um, publications outside the UK. We, we did. did I, to be honest, I did think that it was available outside the UK. I'm really sorry, but it's not at the moment. Mm. And that is because we don't have a publishing deal outside the, the UK. Mm. 
So, you know, you want to make that happen, write to your congressman. Indeed. Tell or them to your local publisher. Give us a deal publisher. there too. I yeah. mean, it's the most important deals. We're all done with trade deals. This is the most important one. Yeah, I think who cares about trade deals or, mm-hmm. or yeah, any other kind of deals? We Don't why don't we deal. um yeah we'll have a we'll we'll work out the the finer points and have a more concrete answer for you next week. But yeah, it's true that Absolutely. it's currently not available in yeah. um in the US and Canada. Yeah, but I'm sure there are workarounds. I'm sure there are. I mean, we could personally mail it to you. Yeah. Couldn't we? You could send us a stamped self-addressed envelope and a postal (gasps) order. Yeah. Yeah. Only people born in the 1980s will get that joke. In the the 1980s in the United Kingdom. (laughs) Yeah, which means that it's landed very flatly with the audience that you were hoping it (laughs) get through to. Anyway, um, (laughs) moving swiftly on. Mm -hmm. Um, This week's episode. We have an episode for you guys, we an and we have, you. as usual, a, a whole cocktail of content. <laughs> um, <laughs> we've got a catch up with Liz and Nick. So before Liz begins her agony on duties, mm-hmm. please send anything you want to talk to her about or ask her about to us ASAP. Um, we've just got a quick catch up with them with what's happened. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's nice. It is very um, nice. Yeah. And then we've got an interview with the Browns. Yes. Well, you say we. I was present for the interview. <laughs> but <laughs> had some issues with my mic. Couldn't You literally couldn't hear me, so I've just had to cut myself out. Oh, my God. So it actually sounds like you had an interview with the Browns. Yeah. Emma just let me down, guys. I had to do it on my own. Um, so, yeah, apologies about that. But I was there for you, don't worry. <laughs> I was there and asking questions. <laughs> just, you just couldn't hear me. So I've had to do some quite creative editing. But um, yeah, Tia and Lee. Mm-hmm. They are a couple yeah. from the Bristol area, I'm going to say. They're from Western Supermare, mate. Okay. Oh, God, Western. Brilliant. Western Can't believe we didn't chat about that. We did chat about it right at the end. Oh, right. Well, clearly I wasn't there for that bit. Well, we didn't chat about it that much because they couldn't really hear what I was saying when I was saying, I have my 10th birthday party there. <laughs> My friend Go Sophie on. threw up on my, in my car after the Z Life Centre. Absolute corker of conversation, completely missed out <laughs> because your mic was not turned on. Um, yeah, so they are currently doing egg donation. Yeah. And um, their story actually has moved on a bit since the interviews, but we'll update you on that at the end rather than now because that would yeah. be a bit weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're really lovely and we're really glad they chatted to us. Yeah. The other thing I thought they were quite interesting on is um, doing IVF abroad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they did it in Greece. Yeah, and we've talked about it a couple of times on here, but we haven't really discussed it in depth. Yeah. Um, later this series, we've actually got a, a kind of bit more of an in-depth interview about IVF abroad, but this I th- thought was a really good kind of intro, preliminary yeah, definitely. discussion about it. Exactement. Yeah. Um, so that was really interesting. One person we don't have around is Professor Tim. How can we do it without him? I know. How can we do it without him? Um, he'll be back next week. He will, hopefully. We've basically given him quite a lot of work to do. Yeah, we are. Um, including the book. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we, we sent it to him and we were like, can you read all of this, Professor Tim, please, and send us back your comments next week. <laughs> <laughs> so we we're giving him a week off. Um, yeah. But he'll be back next week. He will be um, back. Yeah, and other than that, like, 
please sign up to our newsletter I guess yeah yeah because we you know we kind of started it when we finished the last podcast we've talked about it a little bit but yeah it's um you should sign up if you haven't already um it's really I mean I'm just blowing my own trumpet but I think it's it's quite good it's really great isn't it um yeah I mean we talk about we do kind of um one thing that we do on there, which we don't really do on here, is a bit of like an IVF news summary. Mm. Like if there's any news kicking around about um, IVF or fertility, then that's we kind of try and summarise it on there. Yeah. Um, we all... As well as like little chats about us. Yeah, little it? chats about us, um, other topics to do with infertility and also nothing to do with infertility. We talk <laughs> yeah. a lot about, I guess, cultural, do we could you call it cultural? It's probably a bit yeah. of a lofty term, but like... <laughs> Uh, art, good articles we've read we've yeah. read i mean some are just twitter threads mostly me watching telly actually sorry it's my it's gabby's telly review it's many stuff to keep you occupied when you're in a waiting room exactly so that's the that's whole the idea and the other thing guys is that um we started doing this thing when we were when we were on our break um but it's basically an option for you to buy us a coffee if you wanted to buy us a coffee which i think is pretty cool a coffee a coffee sorry a coffee yeah yeah, okay. I mean that's that's the the Ko-fi, yeah, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> if you want to buy us a Ko-fi, <laughs> the link is on our Instagram. Um, but is there? How do you how do you get to it without a link? Um, I think you can go on our website. Yeah. Uh huh. Oh, you can definitely go on our Instagram, and there is a link on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or you can search. Big fat negative. Ko-fi. Yeah, you could. And that's K-O-F-I, just in case you didn't understand from our ridiculous pronunciation. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's a, that's a nice thing. And lots of people actually have, have bought us coffees um, via the newsletter yeah. over the last seven or eight months, which has been very, very kind. And thank you to each and every one of you. It is yeah. much appreciated. Absolutely. Um, the last thing to shout out. Just while we're in a money spinning situation, I feel like it's. I, like, I promise every episode is not going to be this self promotional. I promise. Self promotional, isn't it? Sorry, yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll stop now. Yes. But um, you can also buy merch on our website. Yeah. And that, that's all I'm going to say about it. Yeah. 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 And that's kind of it for this week. That's it for today. Yeah. We didn't yeah. even talk about how we were, though. Oh, yeah. Well, how are you? I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also all right. Oh, I'll tell you what we did today. What? Um, John got a pizza oven for Christmas, and we got the pizza oven out and cooked lamb in it. Was it Nooney? Um, Ember. Oh, mm. they're really posh. Well, it tasted posh. Oh my god, how exciting! There was quite a lot of like smoke everywhere. I always forget when it comes to like outdoor cooking mm. that there's smoke mm. everywhere, and then I instantly feel like the most antisocial person around because we've got quite a lot of neighbours and we know them all. That's fine. Everyone loves yeah. the smell of cooking food outside. Yeah, but I did check to make sure no one had their washing out. <laughs> Very thoughtful of you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I went for a walk around the bay and met some friends of oh. ours um, who brought coffee and pastries. Fucking oh, winning. I know those friends and they are delightful. Yeah, really great. Okay, well, that's uh, an update on our incredibly boring weeks, although they were quite fun because of the old book. But um, look, have a good week, everyone. <laughs> Give us a shout if you want to talk. Give us yeah. a shout if you've got something for Liz. Reach um, out, guys. Yeah. yeah. You can find us on Twitter. At Big Fat Negative. You can find us on Facebook. Big Fat Negative. You can find us on Instagram. 
at BigFatNegative. You can email us. BigFatNegativePodcast at gmail.com. Please have a delightful week. Liz and Nick, hello. Hi. Hey guys, welcome back to BFN. It's been a while. It has. So nice to chat to you both. Yeah, it's nice to hear your lovely voices. Yeah. Always. Probably in mind more than Nick's about this, but you know. <laughs> that's all right, Nick. I'm bringing you wine. We know you there, Nick. That's all that matters. <laughs> um, feels like a, a loaded question, but how are you doing? Uh... Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm hey. okay. Yeah, we're okay. Great. Okay. Um, we're still here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yep, yep. We've frozen in time, really, because literally nothing's really moved forward since the last time. No, well, no, it really hasn't. And so (laughs) I'm just trying to remember like what happened. I should have done my research really, what had happened last time we left you. I think you were anticipating a transfer in the new year, weren't you? Um, Yeah, I can't remember if I'd filled you in. I think it was just before. Yeah, I think it was just before your transfer. So I think we were like, good luck. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about that. Stop being silly, Liz. Nothing's going to go wrong. <laughs> Never say good things to me. <laughs> Such a pessimist, that Liz. <laughs> oh, dear. How, yeah. did it, how did it go down? Uh, yeah, not great. <laughs> Fuck. So, yeah, it was, um, I think it was an, an attempted uh, cervical dilation Mm. um and uh what i thought was going to be local anesthetic mm-hmm. what turned out to be no anesthetic <laughs> jesus christ cool. followed by local anesthetic. <laughs> so just just to like really 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 quickly cover your history mm-hmm. you've had so you... technically we've had three rounds of ivf mm-hmm. um with that with my eggs yeah um and Two of them were were funded by the NHS. One was privately funded. Mm-hmm. The privately funded one was our first one as the only one that has basically produced a viable embryo. Mm-hmm. Um, so our two NHS rounds, one the first time we had no eggs. Yeah. And the second time we had zero fertilization. Okay. So we very quickly moved on, or I say very quickly, as in for the purposes of this. <laughs> <laughs> Speedily moved on. The next day. The next day, we decided. um, No, we were time between um, adoption and embryo uh, and a donated uh, egg, sorry. um, And we went, we decided to go for an egg donor. Mm -hmm. Um, We selected our egg donor, went for um, our first egg donor round, and then they discovered that um, my cervix had uh, sort of the scarring had come back. Yeah, um, which was something that we previously had to uh, sort out through um, a dil- dilatation under general anaesthetic. Ouch! Right. So we were back to that point. Yeah, so you had an and embryo. This, this was what happened in, in January, right? So this, so this was what happened at the end of last season. So this was August, yeah. and then in December I had um, the first go at uh, cervical dilation. Mm-hmm. they gave me two options they said I could either wait and have it under general but they didn't think it was going to be in 2020 or I could have a or I could go for it under local mm-hmm. which they thought they could do in 2020 
So I elected for sooner rather than later and went for my um, appointment. Had to have it under what I thought was local. Um, and yeah, like I said, what turned out to be under nothing. Jesus, it's <laughs> horrible. Um, and then became under local. Um, and then they decided that they just couldn't um, get access with the tools that they had. Did you expect that when you went in? Were you expecting that that might happen or were you fairly optimistic at the time? um, I was fairly optimistic and then I got to the hospital and even before I went into the room, a consultant said to me, we'll give it a go. Mm, Great, that's encouraging. That's the spirit. (laughs) We'll try our best. So yeah. at that point, the alarm bell started ringing in my head uh-huh. of like, okay, this may not happen today. Mm-hmm. Um, and to put it in context, obviously COVID time, so Nick wasn't there. No, yeah, no, no mm. Nick um, on my own, fully, you know, with a mask and everything, mm-hmm. um, which was really uncomfortable, obviously, while I was having the procedure um, and then it got to the point where I was free. My sort of anxiety was quite heightened Mm -hmm. and I was in so much pain. So they said that I could take my mask off because they were all masked up. So I was, I was still safe um, just to sort of regulate my breathing a little bit. Okay. Um, But I came out and you said I was white as a sheet. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Yeah, I could feel it. Yeah. It was, it was pretty, pretty challenging. Okay, no doubt. Um, so then they said, you know, you can either, um, we can either give you some cervix softeners, which I guess they give to women in labour, I think, mm-hmm. um, and try again this way, or we can just go straight for general. Um, so I said, well, you know, what was your recommendation? Um, and they su- suggested that general would be better because okay. I'd had that before and we knew it had been successful before so yeah so that came sooner than we were expecting wasn't it um in january middle of january mm-hmm. um at the private hospital under the nhs which is fancy yeah. mm-hmm. opposite a waitress opposite so. a waitress oh, nice. nice so you know you would have liked it and again, obviously, COVID time. So we had to fully isolate for two weeks beforehand. Oh, God. Um, and then we, I had to have a COVID test uh, 72 hours beforehand before I was then allowed to go into the hospital. Um, so we were really fortunate because we were able to get a couple of slots in supermarkets and friends dropping things yeah. around and things. So right. we were able to do that quite easily. And... Going into that one, I felt really optimistic mm. because I was like, I've been here before, I've done it before, it's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd recently taken up knitting, so I knew I'd had something to do. <laughs> it's half the battle, really, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, because it was under general, I obviously had to um, fast from midnight. Mm. Uh-uh. So you were angry. I was really, 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 really. <laughs> <laughs> pretty best I wasn't in there for that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I 
This is a very dangerous cocktail we've got here. Like <laughs> what? Knitting, hunger, needles, hungriness, <laughs> all the things. Um, so yeah, rocked up at about you dropped me off about seven, didn't mm. you? Um, and then decided just just sit in the car park. Well, mm. it's as much as I can do. So, um, just, yeah, just waited, which is mm. really lovely. Um, and a bit weird because I was obviously in the hospital. You were in the car, but I couldn't actually see you yeah. because of where I was in, in the hospital. Um, but yeah, so they came round for the pre-assessment. Um, I think it must have been about eight o'clock. Um, and then stuck, and then the, the sort of, I don't know what he was, a registrar or something, stuck his head around the door and said, oh, um, by the way, the consultant might not be able to do it today because he's delayed at another hospital. Oh, God. But sit tight and we'll let you know. Mm. And I was just like, oh, my God. We've just isolated for two weeks. Mm. And it's been really hard. And I just, I was just, yeah, thinking this is not going to happen. Our luck is so terrible. There's just no way. Um, and then the nurse made me do a pregnancy test oh <laughs> just God. to make sure. So insulting, <laughs> right? <laughs> I was like, there's no chance, mate. Um, Nothing traumatic about you that. Can you imagine, though? What a way to find out. I know. Wow. <laughs> Praise be. <laughs> Put your jeans back on. Yeah. Go on. Off you go. That happened um, to me after I'd had both my fallopian tubes removed. Oh, I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> do you know how the female body works <laughs> she was like could be i was like it isn't so. mm, yeah could be don't put that in my head <laughs> oh dear. Oh, um nice. yeah so uh then the nurse came in and said he's here it's fine um oh. they're gonna go ahead with the list great so i was like great um and she said oh you are scheduled for about half 12, so you can keep drinking water until about half 10. Oh um, so thanks, guys. Fucking starving. <laughs> this is great. Um, they even came in and asked me what sandwich I wanted for lunch and stuff, and I was like, Well, is that gonna happen? I don't know. Um, so yeah, so half 12, so I was thinking, Right, okay, half 12, I'm gonna go down there, no problem. And then half 12 came and went, and no, nothing. Um, it was half past two before I went down there. Oh, my God. Um, and then about quarter to five by the time I got out of surgery. Wow. Um, so I was sort of like in the recovery, kind of getting vibes that something wasn't quite right. Um, and they sort of said to me, oh, the consultants decided to keep you in overnight because he wants to speak with you in the morning. Oh, God. That's extreme. He wants to speak to you. There's a thing called a telephone. I know. And I was just like, "Mm, something's something's wrong. Something's definitely wrong. Why can't he come speak to you now? Like, He'd gone home, mate. He'd finished his shift for the day. That was it. Tea was on the table. He was over. Basically. Can he not just stay? Like, instead of keeping you in overnight, so you're just, like, worrying... Yeah, it, yeah, and I, and that's absolutely right. I spent the whole night worrying. You were worried, weren't yeah, you? Because I just got a call from you, and you were really sleepy, so you didn't um, 
couldn't really explain what was happening and obviously no one no one comes out to see me no and said anything no. so I had to go in and ask and nobody could really tell us either like you know I sort of said to the nurses because they were private hospital nurses um and the NHS team just kind of come in do their thing and use yeah. the facilities mm. yeah so they just knew that I needed to be looked after. They didn't really know oh, specifically me. what had happened. Mm. Um, so they just sort of said to me, oh, yeah, as far as we know, everything's fine. Um, mm. So I was like, okay, well, maybe I'm just, you know, reading too much into this. Um, and then he came around to see me in the morning and was basically like, yeah, we couldn't do it. Um, we couldn't get, like we couldn't see properly as to where we needed to go. So we like, think we may have way? created a false passage. Sorry, that's good. <laughs> you think they've created a false passage? Yeah. The fuck? Good, we're recording. Gert's yeah, like, what the fuck's a false passage? She, she just had an altercation with another cat. Did she? Oh, oh Gert, man. Exactly. Gertie boo. What are you doing? I love the fact that Gert and Betty are so dainty compared to Nora, who's like, meh. Just dropped a bit of a bombshell there with false passage. Yeah, so I was a bit like, what does that mean? Like, how is that going to affect me? And he sort of, because I was quite sort of, as you like, shell-shocked when he sort of said, we create this false passage um I wasn't overly surprised when he said we couldn't do it because Mm. not to be too graphic but there wasn't enough blood right when I'd had it done before I remember standing up to go to the toilet for the first time after the surgery and just blood everywhere right Mm. and it wasn't the case this time so I was like something's like it's not the same yeah um so that didn't come as a massive shock to me. But th- yeah, when he was like, we've created a false passage. So I think obviously there's a lot of, I guess, tissue around the kind of cervical passage if you look at the diagram. Hmm. So I think they kind of almost created like basically tunneled through to kind of create a false canal, I guess. Mate. Um, And I, I think I've spoken to somebody since, as in from... Instagram and I'm sure they've said that happened to me but it just healed up on its own okay well that's good which was good so I was like okay fine um so when he came back to speak with me um I sort of said okay well what's the next what's the next steps here um and he said I think we need to do it again under general I think we need to do it with an ultrasound machine in the surgical theater because they don't have one here Um, so that we can actually see where we're going. Uh, Hindsight. Yeah, and it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's good that there's a, like, you've got a next step, right? Yes, so it it made me feel a little happier to think, okay, well, at least they've got a plan. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, so then it was a case of, well, let's just wait and see um, what the NHS come back with next. But in the meantime... I'd had a private consultation with a private hospital and they'd said, yeah, no, we can do it. That's absolutely not a problem. Um, it'll be this much and we can book you in in early March. 
So I was like, okay, fine. And they were like, yeah, it's exactly the same procedure. So you've got to self-isolate for two weeks and then, you know, go from there. Mm-hmm. So we were like, okay, well, that's fine. So if the NHS don't come through for us, we've got this, you know, private hospital option. We only have to wait till March. So it's like, you know, not the biggest of deals. Yeah. <laughs> and then we got an email from our clinic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the next fun bit. This is the next fun bit. Um, so our, I don't can't remember if I'd said um previously, but our consultant um had unfortunately not been in the country when I'd had my um initial transfer in August. Mm-hmm. Um she'd she'd had to leave the country for sort of personal reasons and so get sorry she's so demanding um so she'd had to leave the country for personal reasons um and was unable to do the transfer so january was was basically the first time she was back in work mm-hmm. um i knew she was back in the country because the private consultant that i'd spoken with um knew her sort of professionally and had, had told me that information but we hadn't really heard anything but we and we weren't expecting to um because obviously we were sort of dealing with the um with the cervical stenosis um but we had an email from her uh not that long after I'd had my failed attempt via um general anesthetic was it maybe a week or so it's been going on for a while now so it must have been yes I would say end of February no I think it was earlier than that I think it was towards the end of January um anyway so we had an email from her saying um some new information has come some medical information was it medical information or new information anyway it was phrased in a way that some information had come to light uh about uh the donor mm-hmm. we weren't sure if it was to do we were assumed it was to do with our donor but we weren't sure if it was like just general donor information that they had to let us know of policy change or anything mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. um also was sort of specifically related to our donor um i thought we- consent had been withheld or something yeah and then you know so we kind of got this information I think midweek and then she'd arranged to have a telephone consultation with us um on the weekend and again our minds were just going like 19 to the dozen Mm. we just didn't have a clue what to expect but we kind of went into the telephone call knowing that we would come away with some information that we hadn't really we hadn't thought of some we we were pretty sure that something was going to surprise us (laughs) Yeah. And what else could go wrong? Yeah, what else could go wrong? Um, so, yeah, so it transpires that our donor, so our donor is adopted, and which we which we were aware of that the whole way through, and it was one of her reasons for donating. Mm-hmm. Um, and she sort of mentioned it in her uh, letter, and that was something that really drew me to her because mm. I think she kind of really recognised the uh, sort of blended family the concept of blended family and, and the importance of that yeah um and since her donation some new medical information has come to light about her um birth family which um basically means that she would not have been considered as a donor had this information been known prior to her donation mm-hmm. so they were basically like you know you you need to make a decision now that you have this information as to whether or not you want to proceed with this embryo that you've created um, or not. 
And yeah, that just led to a whole host of conversations around what does that mean ethically, morally? How do we feel about it? Can we let it go? Should we let it go? Do we have Mm. to let it go? And you have this, you have an embryo, right? We've mm. got an embryo, yeah. That is her egg that was taken. That is her egg and Nick's sperm. And so, you know, for us, that's obviously the promise of a child mm. yeah. or the potential of a child. And so we just, you know, we've been really struggling with what to do about that. Yeah. Um, and sort of subsequent discussions have, you know, have been had around, you know, how do the individuals who who you know we kind of contracted with how do they want to deal with it because obviously you know as far as we were concerned we paid for something um mm-hmm. i.e eggs from a donor with a full medical history um that we didn't have mm. um and so you know they've kind of uh given us the opportunity to receive some more eggs from a different donor um and to sort of support us with 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 that treatment so you know it was for a long time we were we were kind of con- bit concerned that they were giving us a bit, bit of an ultimatum of you know it's either this or that so you either have to decide what to do with the embryo or mm, yeah or you have or you can have these new eggs um they've since clarified that that's not the case so that, that's put our mind at rest quite a lot hasn't it yeah. um so what so what do you mean? So if you decide that you might use the embryo that you have, you could still get eggs from them? Yeah, so I think we're at the point where we've decided that we would probably progress with um new donor eggs, okay, and keep our existing embryo on ice for the moment. Mm-hmm. Um because the medical issues that have presented themselves um one of them is sort of cancer based mm. um which i think uh even though it's concerning i think it's something that you know we both feel is not something that we feel is a reason to not progress no, mm. not um the other one is around sort of like mental health mm-hmm. which is um not necessarily genetic but it is familial yeah, it's a condition and that can be quite severe as well, isn't it? it yeah, it is. So it, it was, you know, I think it's a bit of a, you know, a battle of wills, really. Not for me, sort of, there's two sides of me that one that thinks it shouldn't matter and one that's just concerned about the future. And if mm. a child presents itself with that mental health condition, then, you know, the guilt that I would feel for being yeah. the one that kind of allowed that to happen it's just an ethical head fuck it is an ethical head fuck yeah people who just get knocked up would never be presented with (laughs) no it is a complete it's like it's like something out of a textbook a philosophy textbook yeah which is just impossible it's an impossible medical issues come from the same genetic grandparent yeah so in theory there's three others that don't have any medical issues to worry about yeah. in theory mm-hmm. and, th- and then- this is like the conversation that we've been having kind of yeah and uh with the mental health side of it the lady who's donated the eggs hasn't presented with any mental health issues herself mm-hmm. no. and it's now 
potentially gone past the age where she would have presented them. Yeah, okay. That's great. Yeah, so we've had a lot of reassurance from from kind of that regard. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I think we've decided to, as I said, progress with uh, a new donor and then, because I think, you know, you're very, like Nick's very much like leave no man behind, mm-hmm. which I completely yeah. understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I just feel as though... Um, yeah, the same. Yeah. It gets the same, gets keen. Um, Fist bump, <laughs> I think that we would maybe have uh, a different view, possibly, if we were successful with um, the other donor. I think we just have to kind of present with all all, all the facts, I suppose. Mm, yeah. Well, you're going to use what's at your disposal, what's been laid on the table. Yeah. You know, there's no point in saying no to something at this stage, right? I, th- I think that's that's right. and. To you know I th- fundamentally we're going to have to make a decision about what we do with that embryo the existing mm-hmm. embryo at some stage because you know if we don't have success with the um sort of second set of eggs we can't move forward with adoption while we still have an embryo in storage mm-hmm. they won't allow that to happen so we're going to have to make a decision about it sooner rather you know at some stage yeah i didn't know that about adoption yeah yeah you yeah have six months i think without and you know, to- yeah, totally free of, of treatment, any ties with IVF. So, um, you know, we we've kind of, I hope, educated the, um, uh, you know, the, educated the place where we had our had our eggs a bit on kind of the impact of all of this. Mm. Um, it, just in terms of, as you say, the kind of ethical and moral quandary that we've been in. It's horrible. It's just, it's, it just, it's like something out of sci-fi, really. Like the the choice that you have to make. And I, I think there's just no right or wrong answer here, to be yeah, honest. Absolutely. Mm. I think yeah. that's actually was we interviewed Keely, didn't we, ages ago? Yeah. And she said something like she spoke to a cancer because she took donor eggs, and she said her cancer had said something like, "There's never, it's never going to be the perfect choice. It's just the least worst choice." Mm. Yeah. She resonated. Yeah, no, and I, so I think we that... had that sort of advice to me when mm. we were picking a donor. Yeah. You're never going to be 100% sure. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think this has just... to be right enough. Yeah. And I think, you know, I'm I'm sort of projecting a lot in terms of like, well, what happened? What if this happens? What if that happens? And how will mm-hmm. I feel about it? And you kind of just have to say, do you know what? I made that decision at the time with the information that I had to hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, um, yeah. So given the utter unmitigated fuckery of what you guys have been through <laughs> Liz you're gonna join us as the VFN agony aunt I am <laughs> are you super excited Do you know I am actually um because I'm really nosy and I love hearing about people <laughs> I think I think you can offer good advice because you've probably been there mm-hmm. yeah I mean I I've experienced a lot of a lot of things obviously as you've heard um from yeah. an IVF perspective you know a lot of my friends around me have, have fallen pregnant and relationships have grown and suffered and changed because of that mm-hmm. um you know we've currently got a, a pregnancy in the family which is new, you know a new experience and um and so it's it's you know it's something that we've kind of been working through um mm-hmm. t- together so mm. yeah Hope and the way did. you've conducted yourself with your clinic when sometimes the experience was less than satisfactory, I thought was quite exemplary. 
Thank you. I think, yeah, for me, because, you know, I work in a job where clients pay me to produce, you know, documentation. You know, they, they, they pay me to produce work for them. And, and I just felt as though if somebody was paying me and I was delivering that level of service, I would be really, you know, I would expect them to make a complaint about me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and and it's really difficult to sort of take the emotion out of the experience, but you some stage have to because yeah. to them it's not emotional. To them it's a transaction. Yeah. And sometimes being overly emotional, they just shut down because, you know, they've seen it all before, they've viewed it all before, they're not interested. Yeah. Yeah. So they it make is, quite a reasoned argument as to why they're wrong, then they can't really absolutely can't right. Make, yeah. Um, you know you're you're uh, fundamentally you're paying for a service you're paying for a service and you expect a standard and if you don't receive that standard you need to help hold them accountable for that yeah um as my mother always says you haven't got to take you haven't got to go on holiday with them (laughs) (laughs) you know can your mother be uh uh, (laughs) some some more of her sayings would be fantastic liz and mama liz would be amazing yeah um, guys, it's been so lovely to catch up as always. Uh, sorry that it's been bad news since we left you last. Oh, do you know, like we're still here, we're still smiling. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. I can hear the smile in your voice, so I believe you. <laughs> um, so we'll catch up with you in a couple of weeks, and you will have a problem to solve. Definitely, I'm excited. Obviously, not for the problem, but you know, <laughs> for solving. Sorry, um, but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to being a part of it and and helping in a different way. So thank you so much for asking me. Thank you for saying yes. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. plushcare.com slash weightloss. Guys. Hi. Hi. Traditionally, we start all of our interviews with this, so I'm just going to come out and say it, although usually Emma says it, so apologies if it doesn't come out right, but tell us about your journey. Um, so we met six years ago um, and um, ever since we we met, we've always spoke about having children in the future, etc. It's a bit of a whirlwind romance. Um, it, all, it all went very, very quick. Um, and um within, tinder romance wasn't it yeah it was a tinder romance tinder success oh, yeah. <laughs> um and yeah after about 18 months we moved in together oh no not 18 months sorry six months it was we moved in oh. together very very quick, very quick. Yeah. um yeah and we've been married now three years and we've been trying to conceive um four of those three years since we um got married and unfortunately it's not been successful Mm. Um, so a bit about our obviously actual trying to conceive journey I suppose mm. so we tried naturally for 18 months wasn't it uh yes yeah, yeah. um and um doing all the things you do at home all the googling you do and um mm-hmm. ovulation yeah. kits and all the weird fancy stuff we all do when we're um trying to conceive naturally and um nothing was happening Nothing was showing up on the ovulation kit, so I knew that there must be something wrong. Mm. Um, so we went to the doctors, um, and as it was only 18 months, as you know, obviously in the UK, um, you have to be trying for two years for them to want to do anything. Um, but saying that, actually, I was, we were watching um, TV yesterday, obviously we're stuck in quarantine, and it was um, Steph's Lunchbox something on Channel oh, yeah. 4. And um, the lady on there was, um, I don't know who, who she was on there that they were doing, but she obviously was from the NHS or doctor or something. She was telling everyone after a year, you'll get referred. But obviously, we know that's incorrect. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we went to the doctors. Um, as they do, they say it can take a while. Mm. Be patient, basically. Just um, keep trying. Yeah. And the classic line, you're still young. Oh. Um, because I'm now um, 32, so at the time I was 29, and mm. he's now 34. Um, so obviously in their eyes, we were young. Yeah. Um, they did actually refer Lee for a sperm sample, didn't they? So you had the pleasure of that experience, didn't you? Yeah, for the first time. That was, uh, yeah, <laughs> that, was a, that was a wonderful experience. So. <laughs> So, yeah, that was the, the first of, of many to come. So, yeah. yeah. Have you got like a list of your favorites? Like, I think that was the best one. I think that was maybe yeah. the worst one. Well, one. One that sticks in my mind is uh, uh, one way, I think it was our second treatment at BCRM. Um, and so we had two two lot, two rounds of uh, one IVF, one NICSI, wasn't it? Yeah. So the second round uh, at BCRM. Uh, the one that sticks in my mind was uh, the fact that I think it was was the second one when I had to go to work afterwards. No, that was your first that ever was my one. First one. Okay, so I don't know. If it, basically, when you uh, when you've got to go to work, you're basically under a time a time. Mm. <laughs> yeah, mm. it's like 
you got to get it done as, as soon as possible. But this, mm-hmm. this, the one that stuck in my mind, the second one was um, basically um, being taken uh, into into a, a, what the lady called it was a special, you've got the, the deluxe room. Oh that my just, God. That, that always stuck in my mind because it was just so hilarious. Like a, a lady, it's probably early 60s, like late 50s, early 60s, saying, oh, so yeah, you've got the deluxe room today. I was like, okay. Um, the only difference was it had it had mood lighting. So oh it was a little gosh. bit bigger, I had mood lighting, uh, mood lighting. So it just kind of, uh, yeah, it just made, it, it was hilarious. So I, I couldn't do anything other than feel really embarrassed. And mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I had visions of like a velvet chaise lounge oh or something God. like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was really really funny just thinking about it now. So that's mm. that's what sticks in my mind. Then. Oh, good times. So well, I'm glad I took good you down time. that memory lane. <laughs> Thank <Yeah>. you very <laughs> much. <laughs> um, so you went for the first one though. Did it give you any um, any results that you could go off? Um, well, it was all yeah. His sperm was. Um, amazing and well above average um which was lovely obviously it was great but um obviously did actually give us no answers Mm. um and um then they did some bloods for me um for two months running at like certain stages of my cycle and they both come back saying um very low chance of conceiving and but they didn't like ring me to discuss them or anything I rang and it was just a receptionist said basically said to me um yeah it just says you've got very low chance conceivers so I said okay that is the doctor going to call me to discuss this she says oh no I don't think so what um so I was like okay um and then obviously alarm bells were ringing I was like, oh gosh there obviously is something going on um so um because Lee had been to BSRM for his sperm um test our local clinic mm. um we I just rang and booked a private consultation because we were already told that we would have to wait another six months until it had been two years even though there clearly was obviously a problem um which I wasn't willing to um sit around and wait not knowing what was going on and nice. um, so we paid for a private consultation we both went together with that took Lee's results took my blood tests um results and things um and then they had a my lovely first appointment with um Wanda mm-hmm. um and um obviously you don't know what to expect at your first appointment do you, you don't no. I've never even heard of one of these scans before let alone had one um, when you hear of ultrasound, you automatically just think like a pregnancy scan, don't you? Mm, on the tummy. Yeah. You think, oh, lovely, not um, very intrusive. Mm. Um, but on that was when, obviously, we found out the issue. Um, so um, I was then diagnosed with premature ovarian insufficiency. Um, I only had, I think it was two follicles present on one ovary and only one on the other. Um, and obviously at the time I was 29, so it was very low for my age. Um, and it was a very whirlwind and again, very rushed like everything else that seems to have been with us. But um, the consultant said if we wanted to try with my eggs, we have to try now, basically. Um, neither of us knew what IVF was. Um, I thought IVF was what I now know as IUI. Um I was very naive. I didn't know anyone. Well, one of my mum's cousins had been through it, but um, we literally started within a couple of weeks. 
um, my blue bush juice we just started straight away and I'm probably better than you aren't I just getting on with it like I'm the type of person who just gets on with it and deals with what I've got to deal with at the time and I'll process things after and deal with the upset of it after sort of thing but with you you take a lot longer to processing so I think you find it harder that we just got going straight away didn't you yeah and I think even now I'm still kind of still I'm still in the processing stage I'm further ahead than I was but I think you know until until, I guess until we have our first child um, I probably still will be processing it I, I just kind of I've always in my head had you know I was very young I always tell this to you I was probably getting bored of me saying it but I've always had you know when I was in school very young what do you want to be when you grow up and people are saying this that and the other I want to be in a fireman blah 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 I just kind of drew a house uh, two kids a wife I just, that's literally what I wanted uh, a family um, and I had in my head how it was going to happen and just you know just I've always been somebody who watches tv you know watches uh the movies and the classic movies and and you know I had in my head the classic way of having children mm. you never you never kind of until you go through it you never think there's going to be any problems or or you come across any hurdles and I think this is just it's just a test for us um and we're you know I'm glad it's kind of brought us closer together as a, mm-hmm. as, as a husband and wife. It's just, it's made us a lot stronger. Um, and as I said, I'm still kind of processing it all, but in a good way, I'm still kind of, you know, I want to support Tia as much as possible. Um, and yeah, I do believe in what we're doing. So you tried with your own eggs, Tia, for, for how, how long did you try with that? Um, we did three rings. Um, the consultant said to me, it may take a while, but, you're young so we will we should be able to achieve we will I will get you pregnant it may just take a while um so never in my dreams did I think or either of us think it was gonna come to um this so we did um two rounds at one at our local clinic in Bristol both of those rounds we didn't get no embryos to transfer um which we both found really really difficult especially I ended up quite um mentally ill after mm. I did a breakdown after the first one because um, no one ever told us that there was a chance you wouldn't get any blastocysts, you wouldn't get anything to transfer. They collected three eggs the first round. Um, like I said, nothing to transfer. Um, then they did start speaking to us about donor eggs. Um, but as we did have access for fertility, and they were like, this was only one round. Like, we can't just rule it out just for one round. So we had another round. Exactly the same happened again. Um, and then we were told... Again, we need to seriously start talking about donor eggs. So they referred us to their team, donor team um, at the clinic. But again, because we had access fertility and we paid for three, mm-hmm. the consultant said, you might as well do the third round because you've basically paid for it. And you're not going to lose anything. And I get what you're saying financially, we're not going to lose anything. But mentally, like there's a lot to lose and they weren't willing to change anything. And um, Lee had said to me one day, like, before we started the third, like, what are we doing? Like, why are we going to just do it again with exactly the same thing? We're going to get the same outcome. Um, so we did move clinics to um, London because um, they were meant to specialise. So they did change the protocol, um, tried everything that I wanted to try. Because, um, as you know, obviously, you do all the research, don't you, to see what things are out there and mm-hmm. 
different things and I spoke to loads of people in America of different things they were trying and um our consultant there was great he, anything I wanted to try was happy to try um but unfortunately on that round um we didn't even get to egg collection my ovaries just stopped responding completely that was probably the worst drive home ever yeah like, it was really traumatic it like, was it was like someone had died wasn't it, it was the worst like I was in the uh, waiting in the hospital in the waiting area with with loads of loads of other people um and just when she came out and you could just see she was in bits distraught and it, that's just the worst feeling to see you know your partner in in that much kind of you know pain and distress I don't even know you know don't even know to put into words but you know you just have to I don't know it's it's just one of those experiences that you know you don't want anyone to go through I think as well because obviously it was during um that last third round was during um obviously the pandemic um Mm. it was October I think so I had to go to everything on my own um and we knew there was a possibility it was going to get cancelled because the scan before they were like there's nothing happening but come back in two days to see if something is. So mm. I did actually sneakily up um, and he sat in the waiting room. Like he couldn't come into the scan, but he sat in the waiting room. And luckily Dick's obviously, I could obviously go out to him straight away otherwise I was about to go out so I to go and see mm. him um, or wait on my own to see the consultant because I had to go and see the consultant after. So I think obviously that just makes it a lot harder, obviously during those times having to do everything on your own rather than having so how did you start on the donor route what how did it all go down um well first of all I did have a consultation or a talk if you want to say with our local clinic and their donor coordinator um but I just wasn't very impressed with how they match and things like that it just didn't sit quite well with me and quite right um, or what information they give and stuff like that. Um, mm. So then we started. Look, I started looking abroad. Um, like Lee said, I am quite tunnel vision, so I think I was probably going full steam ahead a bit too quick for Lee at the time. I don't think it gave him time to get his head around it. I think mm. a bit selfishly in my head, I think it was like I'm the one with the problem. Um, it's me who's got to like, like grieve my genes, my loss. Like no matter what we do you're going to have a genetic child sort of thing. So just let me do this sort of thing. So I think it was just so tunnel vision that I had to, mm. um, like the thought of sitting there doing nothing, it just wasn't an option. Um, so yeah, so I sent probably, no exaggeration, probably emailed like 20 to 40 clinics abroad. Um, and then um, they all started to email back and I was like, whoa, this is too much. So we did look at other countries as well. So there were certain countries that we um, were a multiracial couple and we knew there were certain countries that wouldn't accept us. Um, and what? Yeah, unfortunately, there still is. That still does happen, unfortunately. So we knew there were certain countries that we couldn't go to. and that Can we name and shame them? What are we talking about? Um, so like your like your Ukraines, your Russian countries. Jesus. We just didn't want to put ourselves in that position. Or we didn't want to have a donor from someone who may have those views. Oh, um, yeah. Obviously, they yeah, didn't all enough. have that views, obviously, but we wouldn't want, obviously, that to be... Um, and obviously, not everyone is like that, but we just didn't want to put ourselves in that position. And then there was one thing that we really wanted to know. We wanted to know where the donor originated from. Um and again, 
we knew our child was going to get asked where they come from um, mm. as a mixed-race child. So we didn't want them ever to be uncom- feel uncomfortable, not be able to say, I'm like heritage Jamaican. So we didn't want them to ever say, like, I'm half Jamaican and but I don't know where my other half's from. Mm. Um, so we, but we didn't have many choices of countries that would give you where someone originates from. So they would only tell you like their race. So if they're like obviously Caucasian, black, mm. etc. But um, Greece would give you where they originated from. Um, so that's how we ended up choosing Greece. Um, and I have actually lived and worked in Greece. Um, so I felt like I had a bit of a connection mm. with the country. So, yeah, so that's how we had consultation with three clinics in Greece. Um, and then we decided which one. But um, Yeah, so we're at the early stages. We've um, been over. You're fresh off the plane, aren't you? <laughs> we are indeed, yeah. Um, Thursday, no, what do we say? So you can tell we're at home quarantined at what day of the week it is. Yeah. Tuesday we come back. Um, Tuesday, yes. Welcome we only, back. Thank you. Um, so we only went for three nights, didn't we? So it was very, very rushed. I think we worked, like we travelled about 25 hours within three days. Yeah, what a hell of a journey. We had to take in uh, interchange and flight, so I don't think we'll do that again at all. Um, oh, obviously, it's due to the restrictions and everything, so um, it was just the absolute nightmare so uh i think yeah just one flight from bristol airport no not from bristol airport, from heathrow um straight to where we need to be just, we nearly missed our much. yeah we nearly missed our connecting flight at athens because we had to have rapid covid tests as we landed yeah. um before you'd be released as soon as you got off the plane and um it was everyone so there was quite a lot of us that were getting the connecting flight anyway but they just it was meant to be rapid but definitely wasn't very rapid so we had to literally I think we had five minutes spare we had to run for our um flight so yeah it's obviously just because of obviously COVID and everything just makes it a lot more stressful and yeah what were you over there for this time uh so it's for my sperm um sample great times uh, yeah <laughs> so they've done that um you had and I have a scan yeah so Lee's got rheumatoid arthritis and he's had to come off his medication for the treatment and he was only meant to be off it for three months and he's been off it for about nine so um oh is that tied up with the DNA fragmentation I think I saw that you guys said yeah that 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 could have played a, a quite a big part in it um what led you to have that because I think a lot of people don't end up having one um, unless they see like a urologist or something, which is when we had um, we had one of those. But yeah, I'm just wondering what what made you have one. Um, well, it was because after our second failed round, I'd when we were getting ready for our third round, I'd emailed an acupuncturist I had saw before, and um, she said, "Has Lee had a DNA fragmentation test?" And obviously, we said no. So it was her. We didn't know anything about it. Like it's nothing that anyone's ever said about so I contacted our clinic in Bristol and booked him for him to have it mm-hmm. and that one come back saying it was amazing there was no DNA fragmentation at all um That's and then yeah and then when we went to the one in London they were like let's just do another one and they did the uh um, comet test uh, the comet one that was it mm. um and then that come back said it was very high um and then we went to see um a urologist, andrologist, whatever they're called. So they just um, they examined you, didn't you, to see if there was any... Um... Oh, yeah. So he initially did a, 
basically fill in testicles, just make sure there's no um uh that the tubes are okay. Yeah, varicose varicose seals. So that was that was uh yeah, another uh, <laughs> all these experiences, you know. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. So it, it, TNT was in the room that let's just say that. So um yeah, that was an experience. Uh I think they just test like you have to do another sperm sample again. Another sperm for sample infection. and a, a urine sample as well. They just wanted mm-hmm. to make sure there was no. They just basically do a test um, for STDs because um, those are, you know, uh, what was it, syphilis, um, uh, all different types of STDs to make sure that you know these are another type of thing, uh, other types of things which can can lead to DNA fragmentation as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh yeah so it's just basically that and it all uh, come back absolutely fine and, yeah it? everything came back fine um and he just said that it's just strange you do two different different tests and you get a two different set of a different set of results um it's confusing so it was very very confusing at the time so but um, he did say that if he was having a flare-up of arthritis at the time when he did the second test which he was he was saying that that could add um, to it the inflammation well. from the arthritis could cause a DNA fragmentation in that test. Yeah, so any any type of swelling, like sometimes I, you know, uh, you know, I get swelling in my hands, in my in my shoulders, like any anywhere where you get like the main swelling in terms of when you've got you know an arthritis flare up can, you know, if you're doing your your sample around that time, it could actually alter mm-hmm. your results as well, which is really, mm-hmm. is really is really strange. But, you know, it's one of those things. Mm. And normally they said that apparently normally if someone has got DNA fragmentation, there's normally some kind of indication or their quality may not be as good or something mm. may flag up. But like I said, we've luckily for one thing with Leo, I suppose, is that's always been well above average. Like the one he's just done in um, in Greece, it was... Um, off the scale apparently it was yeah. spectacular which and they managed to get two vials um yeah, out of well it. done well yeah. done <laughs> <laughs> how have your families responded to to the the donor plan um mine have been amazing um they're yeah. really really supportive everyone knows don't they like we, we are obviously you can see from our instagram we're very 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 open, open. Like, both families have been really good like my families have been my family's been really supportive as well. So, I mean, to be honest, we've in that regard, we've been, yeah, everything's been pretty much, um, pretty sound. To be honest, um, yeah. I mean, I've had like obviously, like my uncle, really close to him, his best man at my wedding. Like, you know, so if you don't understand it, you don't understand it. And especially coming from a male point of view, he said, you know, one of his comments was. You know, just be, you know, keep trying or um, what was... What it was happened it? Or, yeah. or Susie down the road adopted, then she fell pregnant. Um, yeah, I mean, he explained about, you know, uh, somebody you knew from school who was adopted um, and, you know, and then and then um, the, the, the married couple fell pregnant a few years after having her because um, it took the pressure off. They just don't no, get it. They just, they just don't get it. Yeah. yeah, they're trying to make you feel better. Yeah. They just don't realize <laughs> that you're just like, oh, I've heard this so many times. That's it. That that is that yeah. is the thing. So you know, tr- you just try not to, you try not to take it to heart. 
even though it can get to you sometimes, but you, you know, you, you, you just kind of realize that they're coming from a, a good place and they're there to, to support you. Um, and if you do need to, um, I didn't, but if you do need to, then it's, it's just about educating them further. Um, my friends haven't been that, that great to be quite honest. Um, you know, sometimes they're in their own world again, we're men, so we tend to, you know, be in our own world a lot, but, um, yeah, not, they've not really got it, not really tried to kind of educate themselves about it. And as a man myself, I just kind of, I don't think you've actually told any of your friends directly about the egg doing and stuff. Have you? Yeah. And I said, I kind of wanted to take care of Tia more mm. and obviously with some, her going through certain things as well, um, and uh, struggling with her mental health at some stages as well. I just didn't have the time to, to be educating my friends on this as well. Um, I just felt my time I needed to kind of, you know, focus on her and her health and, and you know, that was that was my priority at the time. But I think I was a bit worried about my grandparents and my dad's parents because obviously they're older, probably old fashioned, don't really get it. And um so I was a bit nervous about talking to them because I didn't really know if they would understand. Like mm. they knew about everything, like the IVF thing, everything like that. Um and but the donor thing, I just didn't know if they would really get it. Um, and so obviously it wouldn't have been a thing when they were obviously. No, God no. And so I just didn't know. And obviously we don't know anyone that's gone through donor treatment. So I just didn't know if they would get it. But And I was really, really worried, especially about my um, granddad, because sometimes he can say the old thing, bless him, and not me think before he speaks. Um, like all granddads, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Um, but he was like, he just said like, as long as you two are happy, um, that's all I want. Like, so as long as you two are happy, like, and you're, yeah, you're healthy and safe, like, that's mm. it. Like, we'll be there for you, sort of thing. And oh, so, yeah, good we have been, Yeah, no. So, yeah, everyone has been really supportive. And I think um, my dad said to his brother, um, my uncle, I think my mum must have spoke to him about it and said that I was like a bit worried. And he was like, well, is Tia's going to be carrying the baby, isn't she? Because obviously, he probably didn't really understand. My mum was like, "Yeah," and he was like, "Well, that's her baby then." Like, I think it's probably us overthinking how people react than mm. actually how people have react. Like, I have had the odd person on Instagram say horrible things. Oh, really? Yeah, like people don't even have a clue. They are sort of. They have one person telling me it would be a fake baby. I would never be a mum. What? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's not even a real baby. It's fake. I'm, I'm selfish. Do I know what donors have to go through? Nice. Um, yeah. So, and like, that's on your um your TTC Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It's not cool. Yeah. No. So I have had a few people say stupid, dumb things, but I just think like. Like I, first of all, when I first received it, my heart sunk and I was like, it was the first probably horrible thing I've had anyone say to me. Mm-hmm. And first of all, my heart sunk and I was like, whoa, like, okay. Yeah. Um, but then after I just kind of laughed about it. I thought the person's probably got a few problems of their um, own. Yeah. But no, in general, we've been really lucky. And to, and to be honest, there's going to be my um, Lee's cousins in a same sex couple. Mm. Um, and they're going through well they will be going through sperm donor treatment um and my best friend is in a same-sex couple and they're getting married soon and they'll be going through um surrogacy and egg donor because they're um, two males um 
so obviously it's completely different they're not infertile or anything and completely different journey but to our children there'll be, be a lot there'll be a lot more um normal yeah it'd be a lot more normal yeah. and that's for me like taking that away from everything it's it's reassuring that we're gonna have they're gonna have lots of of people around them who have gone through similar kind of situations mm. and the more we spoke to people the more we're kind of realizing how many people have come from um ivf um treatment who are don't who are conceived by donor um donor eggs donor sperm and yeah it's been really positive like we mm. you know we kind of well we're kind of being like introduced to to different pe- different situations different people yeah. that we know or you know that's local or every, yeah things are just opening up to us now so i think by the time that they're old enough it, yeah it will be more it'll be the norm it is the yeah. norm now and it is kind of getting like the norm now anyway to us mm-hmm. anyway i think um, obviously a lot of people are probably more it's probably been happening for people being conceived that way for years but obviously it's probably people kept it so quiet but now with social media and things like that obviously a lot more people are a lot more open about it and I think it is a smaller community still um but that's probably more because people just not speaking out or don't want Mm. to speak out or um don't want to share their well it's a a lot more normal than 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 we realized to be honest we're watching a lot more things on it um you know a lot more podcast a lot more documentaries on it and it is it's yeah it is normal we, you don't realize it until you're actually going through it like how normal it is oh guys thank you so much for sharing your story with us um aren't they just a pair of peaches they are so so lovely um that's great and yeah so their story has continued since we interviewed them and they are at a point now where they had it they found a donor cool they have 10 embryos like blastocyst embryos which is fucking shitloads that's a lot of embryos it is and they're hoping they've frozen them and they're going to do a transfer towards the end of may hopefully so you should follow them. Um, their Instagram account is da, 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 at the Browns Journey to Three, and there are dots there, so it's at the dot Browns the dot Journey dot two dot three. God, sorry, having some sort of breakdown. And by dot, you mean full stop or period? Not the word dot. You can't say period. Say period on the podcast, Period journey, period two, period three. That sounds even worse than dot. I think period is a an apt word, frankly. <laughs> well, it is, yeah, true. Anyway, if you can decipher that, you should follow them on Instagram and see how it all goes. <laughs> uh, have a really great week, everyone. I hope everything is lovely and we promise not to be so promotional next week. Yes.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 